Tom turns in his trophies. Beale Street could be coming to Clarksville. And Sleepy Joe finally rips off the mask. These stories and many more on Headlines with Denny the Bull. Welcome to Headlines. I'm your host, Denny the Bull. I'm joined in the Office Now studio with the guy who calls sneaking up behind you and ruining your selfies, an atom bomb. He's Mr. Adam Joseph. Yes, hello. Good evening. Thank you for having me again. I love being here. Good to see you again, despite being a lightweight. Her punches pack more pounds than Ivan Drago. Yes. With headlines, it's the Regal Red Pill Jam. How you doing? Yeah. Woo. As always, please like, share, and subscribe. With every like on this video, the price of gas drops down another penny. And by the way, when the price of gas goes up like this, don't be falling for that, hey, you want some free gas joke? Because you might get farted on. That's what happened to me It's called crop dusting. Doggone wife, can't believe she did that. So it's time for this week's pop culture deep thinking question. Adam. Yes. Who are the greatest guitarists that ever lived? Man. Now you got Clarksville's own Jimi Hendrix. There's Clapton, Jimmy Clapton, Page, Jimmy Page, Eddie Van Halen, Halen. Keith Richards. Yes. Come on, Adam. Oh man, Angus, BB King. Angus is really good. Chuck Berry, yeah, Slash, Stevie so, Ray Vaughan, Stevie Ray Dave Vaughan. Gilmore of Pink yes. Floyd. Yes, there's tons of them. There's some really popular ones. Up. Like I like, can't pick them because they're all good. How about Prince? Prince was really good. Yes, Richie Sambora, The Edge. Yes. From who, now, also, now okay. who also married Heather Locklear? Right? Now you're Bless just naming heart. guitarists. Yeah, I, I know, but I'm talking about the greatest one. And here's why I'm bringing this up. Okay. A recent poll asked who are the top 25, and nowhere on the list, nowhere to be found, was either George Harrison or John Lennon. Mm, now. These are, Jen, if you don't know, these are the guitarists for the Beatles. Yeah, I'm, I'm familiar. The freaking Beatles. Yeah. I mean, Neither I one was on the list. From I look Liverpool. young, but I know who they That's are. insane. Yeah. 27 number one hits, 40 top 40s, by far more than any other band in the history of music. And they're completely and utterly taken for granted. Oh, yeah. It's because their music isn't technical enough. Look at Stevie Ray Vaughan, for example. I mean, his, you know, I mean it was very technical. I mean, the, the Beatles, I love the Beatles, but it's just do, 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 it's power chords. This is what happens when you make it look too easy. Yeah. This is what happens when it's just assumed that you're going to be great all the time so we can focus on everybody else who's great. And this bothers me. We need to stop taking greatness for granted. Agreed. Well said. And speaking of someone I never take for granted, <laughs> it's time for our weekly Rushmore segment. Now, Jen, who are the finalists, according to our viewers, for the NBA Mount Rushmore that we had last week. Okay, so according to our viewers, we had Kobe Bryant, Michael Jordan, Magic Johnson, and Larry Bird. Okay, Jen, do you have any idea who any of those people are? I do, actually. You do? I do. Mostly from, um, well, actually, I met Larry Bird, um, but mostly from pop culture references, and who doesn't know Michael Jordan? Right. Um, uh, From what I heard, Kobe, far and away, was number one on the list. Uh, So, all right, this week, we're asking you the bull core viewers of headlines with denny the bull who should be on the mount rushmore of the greatest tv sitcom stars of all time now you can't cheat you can't just say the cast of seinfeld you have to say (laughs) jerry seinfeld or maybe tim allen yeah you know and maybe you go way back to the birth of the sitcom you put lucille ball yeah there you go or jackie gleason so it can't all be from the same show right to pick and you need that's right you can't put the cast of cheers michael p you'd have to put ted dance gotcha so put some effort put some thought in put some thought it could be dick van dyke or mary tyler moore right van dyke was actually one of my favorite shows growing up as a kid 
How about Bill Cosby? Yeah. You yeah. kind of got to put him on there, him right? There, yeah. Huxtable. Yeah. Well, how about Archie Bunker, Carol Connor? I was oh, yeah, just absolutely. thinking of uh, Carol Connor. Yeah. So yeah. comment your comment in the comments, and you'll be considered for an exclusive chance to join me, Denny the Bull, and wolfing down egg rolls at Wicked Sandwiches on Cumberland Drive. Now, Jen, do we have any fan mail? We do. Okay, let's hear it. All right. So Chuck from Clarksville asks, Denny, mm-hmm. why do you wear Hawaiian shirts every show? Are you Hawaiian, or is this cultural appropriation? I'm actually from a small town in Oklahoma, Jen. Mm. We lived on County Road 6. My family were cattle ranchers, as yeah. you can kind of kind of gather. Mm-hmm. We used to drive 10,000 head of cattle across the Red River from Tulsa to Texarkana. I grew up in the saddle with a 10-gallon hat covering my face, even my face was only a, about five gallons. <laughs> and I used to dream of being somewhere tropical. As you might imagine, with all that dust no, there in Oklahoma, out in the range, we were Okies. And uh, I wanted to go where the sun and the ocean would sparkle. And my daddy, he knew he couldn't deliver on that dream. So instead, he took me down to Woolworths and he said, (laughs) you know, he bought me a Hawaiian shirt. Yeah. And he said, son, this is as close as you're ever going to get to Hawaii. (laughs) And here we are. So I kept that shirt. Bought me some more over the years. They had to make them special on account of me being 6'4". They'd see me and they'd say, you look like a big Hawaiian bull. (laughs) And that's why they call me Denny the Bull. There you go. So it's time for headlines, news you can use with Red Pill Jen. I know that's why you're all here. So bring it on, Jen. What we got? Here we go. Mission Impossible and Top Gun star Tom Cruise returned his three Golden Globes to the Hollywood Foreign Press Association this week. The move comes amid growing controversy surrounding the organization for its lack of diversity, specifically for the fact that it has no black members, along with ethical questions related to financial benefits for some of its 87 members. I heard that Bill Cosby tried to return his Golden Globes, and they said, now we're good. Yeah, they You, you go ahead and keep, keep those. Them. Yeah. Uh, Jen, what movies did Tom Cruise win these Golden Globes for? Surprising ones, actually. Uh, J- uh, Jerry Maguire, mm-hmm. Born on the Fourth of July, which was an excellent film. Mm-hmm. Yes. And Magnolia. I like Born on the Fourth yes. of July a lot. Yeah. That was the Ron Kovic story. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I heard that Tom prayed to Xenu, and it was, this was all Xenu's idea. Xenu is very woke. Yes. And Zeno said, take those trophies back. Yeah. Is that like a Scientology reference? Yeah, it is. Uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger (laughs) said he will be returning all the Golden Globes he's never won over the years, too. Yeah? Yeah. So Tom Cruise, worth a half a billion dollars, is returning his Golden Globes trophies as a signal that he stands with the black community. I guess that's the intention. And they say that when he returned them, Adam, he actually stepped over like six homeless black men. (laughs) who were sleeping on the Walk of Fame, and he said hi to one of them. Oh, yeah. Really? Yeah, so that that's cool. So gracious. I don't mean to, I don't mean to bust Tom's chops. He's actually a great actor. He's a huge movie star. He looks great for, what, 58? Yeah, he's around I that age. Whatever he is. I don't think that man ever ages. He it's still the looks the same. Like, yeah, it's, I, honestly, <laughs> he still looks the same like he did in Jerry Maguire, which yeah. actually between that and Born on the Fourth of July were two of my favorite Tom Cruise movies. But... The, the whole thing is like it's also like not only the diverse thing but I guess there's some stuff going on that they have not only with just that but also with um, their their take on the Golden Globes on how they had to cancel one of the years um, like showing of the show hmm. and so they were upset about that too so, so. yeah the, whole, the the Hollywood Foreign Press is all white mm-hmm. so all 87 number one version or another of white but they did just give a few black actors like Chadwick Boseman. They just yep. gave him an award. But I guess that's not good enough. No. I guess not. Not for Tom. Not I would bet that a lot of Hollywood talent agencies are all staffed by white people. And I bet all, if not most, of their lawyers are white, too. 
And I bet the heads of the studios are mostly white. I bet we could uncover quite a lot here at the Denny the Bull show. The Hollywood sign, the actual, yeah. you know, the sign on the hill. White. That's white. Letters are all white. All of them are white. Turn that I down. just really don't feel like uh, like Tom Cruise returning some metal is going to really do yeah. a whole lot Not to solve the diversity problem. In there's Hollywood. still homeless people sleeping under every single bridge. Exactly. He could have in sold California. them and given the money to the homeless exactly. people. Exactly. He could have helped with like a soup kitchen <laughs> yes. with that money. Well, here's some local news. Uh, open container will soon be allowed in our downtown during certain days and hours thanks to a new law designating a, quote, downtown entertainment district here in Clarksville. The bill, sponsored by local state representative Jason Hodges, thank you, Jason, would designate certain times allowing open container outdoors and traffic would be shut down on certain streets during these hours. The hope is that the new law will increase tourism and encourage job creation. So they're going to, like, close Franklin great just what we need more yeah. road closures yeah so the street time I, I i read about that they're cl- that they're looking at are college street strawberry alley and franklin and portions of riverside and craft oh yeah, like yeah, that yeah. whole area i mean and already with that construction of yep. that uh that uh, uh center yeah they're already like closing it's, college it's, it's already col- col- college is closed already so like it's also a big mess i see what they're trying to do there with the mm-hmm. tourism and everything but yeah. it's already a, a mess down there driving during rush hour and already. especially when when an austin is in session oh yeah, yeah. oh my gosh I'm going to guess they're going to do all this after the construction's done of the event center. Hopefully. And, and when we say close, they'll be open for like business hours. Mm-hmm. But let, let's say after 8 p.m. on a Friday night, they'll just put a barricade across it. You know, it's not going to be like 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 poles or anything saying, no, you cannot. It's probably just like some removable barricades. Like a block right? party. Like a block party. Like a block party, yeah. right. Yeah. And like no, I said. No day drinking. Yeah, like I said. But the, there's another thing I read because I read the boards on, on social media and people talk about these when these news stories come out. And a lot of people were complaining about now that they've got this permaless carry going on, now you're yes. going to have the worry of drunk idiots with firearms walking mm. around these festivals. So, yeah, we already have mm. open carry in Tennessee. Now we have open containers. So. That covers the gun and the beer. This is kind of wild westy, mm-hmm. yeah. Right, this is you can walk around with my beer and my gun. Hold mm-hmm. my beer and watch this. I can go this. from like the police station to the courthouse to all the bail bondsmen and the ten lawyers' offices while carrying my beer. <laughs> I, I'm guessing One Sundays. Stop One stop shopping. Yeah. yeah, there you go. I'm guessing Sundays are gonna be on the question. I'm, I'm guessing our two-headed mayors are like, how about Wednesday from eight to eight oh five? Yeah, right. But uh, I, I think. The next bill should allow gunfights, like just on Strawberry Alley. <laughs> oh my gosh! And only from ten to midnight, you and t- only if the marshal is nearby. And we need a purge spot. siren. You took my parking spot. Let's draw. Yeah, I want to be able to hitch <laughs> my dawn. horse, kind of like in the middle of the street, and go down to the whorehouse. Adam, write that bill. Okay, I'll the get on it bill. right away. Yeah. yeah. Speaking I, of police. Okay. <laughs> The Nashville Metro Nashville Police announced the punishment for three officers involved using a battering ram to serve a search warrant on the wrong apartment last summer. All three were given unpaid suspensions between 10 and 20 days each. In addition, the lieutenant at the scene was demoted to sergeant. The sergeant was demoted to police officer and the officer on duty was suspended. That's because there was nowhere for that last one to demote oh, other yeah. than like front desk. Paper pusher. Uh, you answer the phones. Ma- mail room. Right, you get right. the mail room. Yeah. Well, the three officers apparently were looking for a 16-year-old who had not lived at the home for over four months. They arrived at the scene at 6 o'clock in the morning last summer as body cam footage revealed. Yeah. They knocked on the front door and when no one responded, quickly resorted to breaking down the door with a battering ram. The officers were surprised to learn that the 16-year-old no longer lived at the residence. 
Further review of the case showed that the housing agency database they were using was last updated in 2018. Imagine the surprise of the mother and two children who were living there at the time, who didn't answer the door in like three seconds (laughs) at 6 a.m., and who had their front door kicked in by three armed cops. Yeah. Well, where does the blame lie here, though? Well, you know, I have questions. Yeah. One, why are we kicking a door down at 6 a.m.? I don't know. Uh, to try to catch the young man before he goes to school or work or work Two, why were we kicking a door down and three why are we we why are we three of us <laughs> this was not a case of a violent suspect from what no. i read this yeah. was a case of property crimes not murder yeah i'm just wondering because i'm still trying to understand things me I'm too. still trying and to most, understand most, our justice. And most product, uh, protocols for most departments are different, but if it's a warrant being served and if it's a nonviolent uh, yeah. individual that you're serving it to, right. you technically only need one officer to yeah. serve that warrant. And if they're not there, you, you kind of you kind of go back at a def, different time right. to see if they're there. You don't just take three of you and go, let's just break this door down. Break the door down. Yeah, right. I guess I'm thinking of like, okay, the captain or the commissioner tells the captain and the captain tells the lieutenant, lieutenant? Here, uh, that kid that was spray painting that guy's property next door, yeah. we're going to go ahead and bring him in. So I want you to go down to this house. We haven't, I don't, I think, I'm guessing he still lives there. He lived there four years ago. Yeah. And uh, get there at 6 a.m. At the butt crack of dawn when everyone Right, get there at 6 a.m. I want you to knock twice. If they don't answer in five seconds, <laughs> use a battering ram and knock the door in. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Guns like drawn. Yeah. And drag that sucker in well i'm thinking i mean given that it was it was in the housing agency database that Mm. tells me that it's likely a low-income housing scenario Mm. um which makes it even kind of more messed up because there's just a lot of turnover yeah and that's a fact that's not a dig that's just factual there's a lot of turnover in those places and i feel first of all as though the housing the, the housing agency had a responsibility to update their information a little more frequently. Yeah. Um, and definitely, I feel like the police dropped the ball on this one. I, I don't like yeah. to criticize our, our, our men and women in blue, mm-hmm. but. Yeah, yeah, I have no problem criticizing the men and women in blue. The, the, the ones in Clarksville, I haven't had any trouble with. But, you know, they're kind of in a little bit of what we call a slump in, yeah. in baseball terms. And uh, it seems like some good press. It does. It is do. I think they need to hire a really good PR person. I think so, too. Because the only good thing about this story is they didn't shoot the lady yeah. and her kids, Thank God. right? I mean, yeah. But in other stories, they do. It happens yeah. a lot, unfortunately. So, yeah, another sad story for the cops. Absolutely. Well, the Colonial Pipeline reopened this past week, returning mm-hmm. to operations following a cyber attack that limited gas supply to the southeastern United States for several days. The company allegedly paid a $5 million ransom to a group called Dark Side, whom the press has linked to a Russian source. As a result of all of this, the gas prices here in Tennessee went over the $3 a gallon mark for the first time in several years. Energy Secretary and former Michigan Governor Jennifer Granholm said that it will take several days for the product delivery supply chain to return to normal. That was a headache, just trying to go to a gas station within that 24 to 48 hours just to get gas. With your your shopping bags. With with the shopping bags and everything like that. Uh, My (laughs) understanding, though, is this this Colonial Pipeline, they they were doing uh, 2.5 million barrels per day Mm. of gas of what they're trying to do. So what Granholm really meant was, you know, we had a couple days the pipeline was closed. So gas prices, probably going to be high for a couple months. Mm -hmm. They'll drop down to about 270 a gallon. And then there will be more of this Israel-Palestine mess, so it'll go back to three dollars a gallon, mm-hmm. then down to two ninety, then trouble with Iran. So now we're at three twenty-five a gallon, then down 
and then there'll be a hurricane in Texas, and it'll yeah. go up to 340 a gallon, and so on and so on. I predict this because I'm old enough to remember the presidencies of W. Bush and Barack Obama and the delight of paying $4 a gallon for gas. Mm-hmm. I've lived mm-hmm. it. I've experienced the $100 fill-up, and it looks like everyone else will too. Yeah, it's, it's already happening. You know, I'm shocked that. that they've been linked with no evidence whatsoever to Russia. You know, well, they, they said that it, it did go back to a Russian source. But oh, the thing I'm sure is they that, did. That dark side, see, I don't even think it happened, personally. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Um, I think this is a red herring. It's a way to just mm-hmm. jack those gas prices right. up, yep. summer travel, yep. et cetera. But uh, I digress. But yeah. dark side is a hacking. It's, it's, they're hackers. So mm-hmm. they could say they were from Warsaw Wherever. and yeah. be in, in Los Angeles. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's... It, this is the same news media who lied about the Steele dossier and Russian bounties and Russia hacking our election machines and here we are with russian gas pipeline hackers so sure we believe you not you know my wife she's such a liberal that she places absolutely no blame on any of this at the feet of joe biden really none whatsoever to her it's just all coincidence you know she would rather spend a hundred dollars to fill up her car than have to read trump's mean tweets (laughs) and i think there's about 80 million people just like her there probably is. And that's too bad. Me personally, I'll take the tweets and the name calling and two dollar gas. You I can have Joe Biden. I'll take cheap gas. Yes, I prefer the gas the cheap gas as well. But uh, speaking of Joe Biden, mm, Biden time, Biden time, Biden time. It may be now that Democrats are chanting build that wall after promising on the campaign trail not to build, quote, one more foot of Trump's border wall. The Biden administration announced this week that it will, in fact, resume construction of the southern barrier as the immigration crisis continues to spiral out of control. The Army Corps of Engineers will restart construction on a nearly 14-mile section along the Rio Grande Valley in six weeks. They will begin with repairs of the existing wall, followed by the establishment of a brand-new concrete levee. I've lost track of all the broken campaign promises and outright lies that the Joe Biden made to the American public to get them to vote for him. So let me see if I can remember a few, Adam. You mm. tell me if I missed any. He said no more wall, not mm-hmm. another foot None. of wall. He's Zero. building the wall. He said he'd push a public option on the ACA. Hasn't discussed it once since he was elected. Nope. He said free community college. Dems haven't put in any bills nope. yet. He said if we voted for the two Georgia senators, he'd send out $2,000 checks, and then suddenly they were $1,400 checks, and then they reduced the amount of people who could get those checks. He said no more kids in cages. There's mm-hmm. more kids, kids in, in cages, cages than ever. And lastly, he said the $15 an hour minimum wage, and that's never going to happen. It's totally forgotten. And, and don't get me wrong, I don't agree with it anyway. I think it should vary by state. Mm-hmm. I think maybe Tennessee is 12 bucks, maybe Vermont's 17 bucks. You know, it just depends on cost of living where you live. But my point is, he promised it. Yeah. He campaigned on it. And by the way, you realize the last time we raised the federal minimum wage was under George W. Bush? It was, yes. it was a while. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. been seven twenty-five an hour since before Obama, which is yes. preposterous given the cost of living. These, I mean, it's and 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 look at what's happening as a result of this. And people mm-hmm. want to blame it on unemployment, and maybe yeah. that's part of it. Mm-hmm. But the fact that we have staffing shortages all over the country with these lower-level income jobs, and at the end of the day, I did the research myself years and years ago, and it was going to end up almost costing me money. Mm-hmm. to go to work when yeah. you factor in childcare mm-hmm. and and all that i was going to make i was going to work 40 hours a week to make 40 bucks that's why you see people that <laughs> work that minimum wage that that low paying job have two three jobs yeah. maybe even in in their life i mean you look at some 
people that work that are like bartenders. I mean, their minimum wage is terrible. I bartended for a year in Chicago, and all I made was like four seventy five, five bucks. But that is deleted. I pretty much lived paying gas and groceries on cash tips. It's three dollars. It's very hard. So you have to work three jobs yeah. just to eat me even it's make three fifteen for bartenders and two dollars and thirteen cents for uh, for waitresses. Yeah. Barack Obama and Joe Biden were in power for eight years. They had total control of government from 2009 to 2011. And when I say he had total control of government, it wasn't like this 50-50 Senate with Kamala as a tiebreaker. No, no. They had a filibuster-proof Senate. They had 59 Senate seats for Barack Obama back then. That's hard to believe, but it's true. Plus a couple Indies in there with Angus yes. King and, and Bernie. Bernie. Uh, they didn't raise the minimum wage a penny. Even with all that power, they didn't do squat to move the needle even when they had all the power. So I guess I'm... I'm I just want to know, are you seeing a trend? Joe Biden is what my grandma called a fibber. <laughs> He's a lifelong fibber, folks. He fibbed when he said he was arrested in South Africa protesting for Mandela. That never happened. He said he fought for civil rights in his youth. Dude spoke at the funeral uh, funeral service of a Klan member. Mm-hmm. He yeah, said he was going to bring the country together and work in a bipartisan way. Not happening. Hasn't gotten a single Republican Senate vote on a bill yet. Mm-mm. But I'll tell you what Biden has done. This is where I'm going to give him credit, okay? I'm going to give him all the credit for these things. He has created a crisis at the southern border that's out of control, so bad <laughs> that he's going to build Trump's wall, mm-hmm. as Jen just said. Yeah. He's overseen a cultural woke revolution that has divided the country worse than at any time in 150 years. He sent gas prices through the roof. He's authorized $6 trillion in spending with all borrowed money. Yeah. This is all deficit spending which is already driving inflation. And if you don't believe me, go buy some lumber. Yep. Go buy some roast beef. Subway isn't even selling roast beef sandwiches right now because it costs too much. Go fill up your gas tank. That's what happens when you just print money and give it away. You get Jimmy Carter 2.0 in the form of Joe Biden. So I want you all to get back with me here in a couple months when we're at full-scale war with Iran or North Korea or Russia or all three, when gas is four bucks a gallon, when we're continuing to fund Netanyahu to bomb the piss out of Gaza, when they pass H.R. 1, and every state has to have elections that match New York and California, with every household getting unsolicited mail-in ballots for the last four residents that live there. I still get junk mail, Adam, for the last four people who lived in my house. Oh, yeah. Dating back 25 years. Yeah, we used to get that all the time back at my parents' house uh, up in Chicago. Yeah. We'd be there, and we'd have a name, but, like, this person has not lived here in, like, 30 years. Yeah. So when your Happy Meal costs 10 bucks and your car costs 50K and 100 bucks to fill up and you're apologizing for liking John Wayne movies and just when you thought it couldn't get any worse, they'll install Kamala as the president mm-hmm. and send Joe off to pasture. We'll have a corporate cackling puppet with no principles, completely bought and paid for by the establishment, by the military industrial complex, the prison industrial complex, by the corporations, by Big Pharma as our president. I can't wait. I can't wait to hear the buyer's remorse. <laughs> that comes from that. It's well, it's it's. I don't know. It's, I think it's kind of fifty-fifty. Okay. Well, the former <laughs> president Donald Trump is expected to resume his trademark rallies as soon as next month, as well as over the July Fourth holiday, with two events already in the works. Trump's team is still determining the venues for the rallies. A person familiar with his plans confirmed. Did the person familiar? Did they determine the reason for these rallies? I mean, I, what are they rallying for? It's not stated, but my guess is that he's just going ahead and I, I think he's bored. Mm. I think he, he, you know, and I think he's, I think he's going ahead and getting it started early I, for twenty twenty four. I think also that, but I also think it's him um, pretty much doing this revenge tour 
of all the media <laughs> saying that it's just pretty much just deleting him, big tech deleting him uh, from his free speech. I think this is also one of his plans is just, hey, I'm going to go around. I'm going to be seen. I'm going to be heard because you told me I couldn't be. But, yeah, I think this is a hilarious and brilliant idea on his part, if you ask me. I mean, I think he's going to be dunking on Biden. Yeah. Clearly, he loves the roar of the crowd. Oh, yeah. Oh, and yeah. he gets it. Uh, I really wish he would just retire with the same class and dignity that Barack Obama stepped away. Remember Obama? He didn't hold rallies. He just got paid 400 grand to give speeches to Wall Street bankers mm-hmm. like Citigroup. <laughs> right. Why can't you just do that? You know, the same bankers that he bailed out in 2009 when the economy crashed and he made the banks bigger. He made the banks whole and he repaid the lenders with our money while kicking 5.1 families out of their houses. Do you feel like I'm piling on Obama this week? I feel like, yeah, we're a little little Obama. But you're you're also kind of stating some facts there. I mean, yeah. It's hard hard not to to be. It's hard not to be, though, because he also, and and this might just be my conservative viewpoint of the things, Mm. but there was times when even after 2016 when Trump won the election, you still saw former President Obama come through. You still heard about Hillary coming through, complaining about they were still doing tours and all this stuff True. after they did all this political stuff. Yeah. So what's the deal with Trump doing his rallies? Maybe uh, even if it is him not gearing up for 2024, he just maybe just wants to do rallies. Yeah. Well, but Danny, go, going back to your Obama question and, mm-hmm. and, and about piling him on heavy or whatnot. I, again, the reason I say it's hard not to is, is two things. First of all, we've got his vice president currently sitting True. in the White House. Mm-hmm. So there's obviously going to be yeah. a comparison. It's like there. a third term for Obama. Pretty much. Mm-hmm. And then in addition, look at the parallels to the economy. And, and it's, it's, it's very easy to sort of look, as you said, at where we're at and where we're going and go, wait a minute, I've seen yeah. this before. It's very apples to apples. Yeah. Uh, so I guess I don't mean to pile on Obama. I, I'm just asking. Why can't Trump just go away and give half million dollar speeches to bankers and or maybe buy a 50 acre estate on Martha's Vineyard like Obama did? <laughs> right. You know, because you can afford that on a four hundred thousand dollar year salaries president. Right. I no, no way. I think the assumption is that Trump is going to go around the country, including here in Nashville. I'm sure mm-hmm. he'll be here. He'll be just dunking on the Biden administration and asking, hey, you miss me yet? And the yeah. first 20,000 people are going to say, yes. Yeah. Should be interesting. And minutely, he'll be promoting Republicans in midterms for about three seconds. Because I don't think he really cares <laughs> about that. Before more dunking. Before, so yeah. trust me, they'll sell out. They'll sell out every one of these rallies. Oh, yeah. Well, I think that people just because they're, they're interested. Like, He's what's a celebrity. He say? Right. Mm-hmm. You know. Well, let's leave politics behind. Travel to a galaxy far, far away. I'm far away. All right. Far liking, away. Yeah, liking I like it. this already. Yeah. Got some exciting news from Disney. Mm-hmm. A star, uh, Ewan McGregor. Is it Ewan or Ewan? Ewan. 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 Mm-hmm. Ewan. That's a, I, I don't know. I always want to say Evan. Ewan McGregor. <laughs> well, just, I'm going to call him Evan. I'm renaming him. No. Um, <laughs> McGregor shared first set photos of his, of her, ugh, I can't talk today, reprising his role as Obi-Wan Kenobi in the Star Wars series Kenobi, which will soon air on the Disney Plus streaming service. McGregor portrayed the legendary Jedi in three prequel films from 1999 to 2005 and has been vocal in his desire to reprise the character in the studio. McGregor's new series will portray the years Kenobi lived in exile on Tatooine. Tatooine, is that right? Tatooine. Tatooine. Mm-hmm. I'm not a Star Wars person. Well, uh, yeah. Where <laughs> he watches from afar as Luke Skywalker comes of age. Ah. 
no I knew way. nothing. Like, I'm sorry. I knew nothing. You have no idea what you're saying. I man. absolutely don't. It's all I'm new language. Flying blind. <laughs> if I'm you speaking were, Russian. <laughs> if you were talking like Game of Thrones or Harry Potter, I would be right there I'm with 100% you. I'm 100% I'm right you. there with I don't that know too. anything about those no. franchises, but Jen, I do know about this I'm one. sorry. I screwed the pooch on that one. And I am very excited about this. I thought <laughs> Ewan McGregor was easily the bright spot of the prequel. The, I agree. Yes. Mm-hmm. I think he was the best one out of all of them. Yeah. And I think everyone's hoping that this is as high of quality as The Mandalorian, which is a pretty top-notch right. series. I mean, that's a great series. Yeah. yeah you I, know what I know about that? What? If I have to see that little baby Yoda yeah. meme. One we bought one of those. He's adorable. Time. We bought one of those. It's played out. His name's not even Yoda. Sorry, spoiler alert. But uh, <laughs> I would say of the 16 episodes of The Mandalorian, I'd say half of them were as good as anything you'd want to see in a theater. I'll be honest. They only, were really good. Only one of them I didn't like, but I liked the rest, all the other 15. I love the other 15, but one of them just I didn't like it. So, so I'm going to ask some questions about this, but I'm going to talk to since Jen doesn't know anything yeah, about yeah, Star Wars. Really, no. Okay, so let's. Just, I'm just going to relax. We'll just, yeah, we'll just take, take a break. Jen. Jen. I'm going to rest my voice. That's right. <laughs> We're going to have a man to man conversation. A nerd conversation. A nerd conversation while Jen takes a break. All right. The big question, Adam. Yes. Could Darth Vader appear in this film? Now, technically, it's episode or in episode four when Vader and Kenobi meet in the Death Star, which would have mm-hmm. come after this series. Series, yes. And have their duel. Vader doesn't say anything about, it's been 18 years since I've seen you, Obi-Wan. No. He just says, it's been a long time, Obi-Wan, right? So really, it could have been like 10 years, Mm -hmm. and it could have been right in this universe here, right? Yeah. They could meet again here. I'm pretty geeked about it. I love (laughs) Yern McGregor in this role. I'm hoping he gets a good story. I do, too. Uh, Maybe we'll see a young Luke Skywalker. Yeah. Maybe we'll see a teenage Boba Fett. Yep. We'll see the huts, right? The gangsters of Tatooine. Tatooine. Yep. The huts. She still has no idea what we're talking. No, about. not at all. We should see the Death Star being finished. finished. We should see Uncle Owen and Aunt Beru maybe having some marital Maryland. problems. Yeah. Yeah. Might buying see the, the droids. Ro- if we're the, lucky. Buying the droids. Yes. Princess I, Leia my, is a teenager. My, mine is this whole thing. I know who that is. I I you was Princess <laughs> Leia for Halloween when I was a kid. Okay. okay. All right. Yeah. But at my thing is, I hope this series is something that's along the lines of Old Man Logan series from from Marvel, uh-huh. and it's just. Oh, and I, I'm hoping there is some like they don't do the whole Star Wars. It's like uh, lightsaber, kind of like light family, hardly like Star Wars stuff. I hope it's like R-rated Star Wars, kind of like Obi Wan just going that mother scratcher. Just mm-hmm. yeah, just like I got to re- get ready for this kid to battle his father and everything like this. It's yeah. just insane. For Star Wars fans, this is you see, you know, one of my buddies from work, uh, we were going to go see one of the, I think it was Rogue One. Mm-hmm. And I said, hey, I'm going to go see this new Star Wars movie. Do you want to go see this new Star Wars movie <laughs> with me? And and he literally looked at me and said, is that the one with the ears? And I was like, <laughs> See, I'm not the only one. I was no. like, you're not my friend anymore. You're a bad person. Go away. I did not like Solo. Solo was my least favorite out of the whole film series so far. I loved Rogue One. Rogue was One was really great, good. great, great movie. I, I literally was five years old again seeing Rogue One. Yeah. So... Isn't that I guess, where R two D two is from? Is that yes? R two D two is from okay. yes. Is from all those. Yeah. I saw the first one as a little kid, but I'm mean, <laughs> yeah. I'm not like fangirling at forty two over here. Yeah. I'm more of Harry Potter, like along those lines. So yeah. so is my ten year old. I don't think Harry Potter was written for me. <laughs> no, I, guess, I don't think it was. No. All right. Well, I guess that's enough Star Wars. Then. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm Jen's <laughs> pulling us back out of that universe. I'm woke. Back now. to reality. I'm woke. Are you woke? Jen? I'm Star Wars woke. <laughs> Thank goodness. Well, on Thursday, Dr. Rochelle Walensky announced during a White House briefing that people who are fully vaccinated against coronavirus no longer need to wear masks while indoors or outdoors. 
Walensky, the director of the Center for Disease Control and Prevention, otherwise known as the CDC, also updated the organization's federal guidance for fully vaccinated people by saying that they no longer need to physically distance themselves in either large or small gatherings. Someone may want to tell Dr. Walensky, we've been doing this in Tennessee like since before the <laughs> vaccine even came out. Like, wait a minute. This was we were supposed to be doing and yeah. So we were uh, wearing masks, no one's social distancing we like a year to, ago. Our state was made made to break rules. So basically <laughs> she had a press conference that said, Okay, everybody you can live like they do in Tennessee. Just keep doing yeah. what Tennessee is right. doing. Right, whatever Tennessee's doing, you can all do. Well, as you may have noticed, Tennessee business owners are already tearing down those mandatory mask signs from their business doors since uh, since it was lifted on March 14th. Mm-hmm. I actually felt good today. I went grocery shopping without it. I don't know if I was supposed to. Uh, we'll allow it. Yes. Yeah. Now, <laughs> let me ask something. Jen, did you ever test positive for COVID? I know it's kind of a that's no. kind of a HIPAA violation, but... Oh, I don't care, no. I, no? Well, I've never, knock on wood, I've never experienced never it. I've never had a need to. Never yeah. need to be tested. What about you, Anna? Nope, never been. I mean, there mm. was a time where I felt like I've got, like, I got a beginning of it back in January of last year yeah. when it before blew up, because there was four days where I just felt like total crap. Yeah. And I didn't know if it was the flu or, yeah. or if it was that, that COVID thing coming up, but I'm pretty sure that I had the early symptoms of it, but I got through it by doing simple things like staying at home, taking medicine and relaxing. Hmm. Yeah. And that's how you get through it. It's basically a hundred uh, thousand time worse flu. It's just, you just do the right things by staying healthy. What about you, Denny? Have you ever needed to get uh, your, I did. your frontal lobe? I, I did poked? test positive back <laughs> oh in gosh. early February. Yeah, wow. I had a headache for about three days. Nothing unusual. Felt tired for a couple of afternoons. Uh, but, but uh, you know, I got quarantined for 10 days, went right back to work, and went right back to seven day weeks. So they didn't care. I'd uh, say, I swear, up one side and down the other, that Ava, my daughter, and I had it back in November. Her mm-hmm. worse than me because. Mm-hmm. My daughter's never spiked a fever. Um, and of course, again, November. So this is right right before it really, really blew up here in the yeah. States. And um, 104.5 temperature. And mm. she's, oh, mama, I'm weak. I can't walk. Coughing. Took her to the doctor. Flu test was negative. Strep test was negative. They diagnosed her with an unknown respiratory infection. And mm. she was so sick for a week. I couldn't get her fever below 104. Mm. So tell me what that sounds like to you. Oh, yeah. Well, I can tell you that the vaccine is available pretty much for everybody down to like age 12 now. Thankfully, it's free. So, by the way, did you see Rand Paul and Fauci going at it this week in that Senate (laughs) hearing? So Rand Paul was asking Fauci about gain-of-function research because a lot of people are now saying that the virus was created in a lab. And then escape from a lab. We've always been saying that. <laughs> that there weren't people eating bats in live markets and somehow a bat virus directly mutated to a human being and infected them. Instead, they're saying that it was created by virologists doing what they call gain-of-function research. Now, mm-hmm. gen gain-of-function, if you don't know, is when virologists take an animal virus that's benign. Yes. Okay, so it doesn't affect humans. And they basically juice it up. They supercharge it in a lab. And so now it does affect humans. And then they try to kill the virus. So it sounds like any one of many scary movies. Any Resident Evil movie you've ever (laughs) seen. That's exactly what that is. Yeah. So Rand Paul said that they conduct this research at the Wuhan lab in China, which is a fact. And he said that Fauci has sent money to them to do this research. Also a fact. Now, Fauci denied this up and down. But apparently there was a Dr. Xi, a Chinese scientist, who published a paper reviewed by MIT a few years ago, and I guess in the paper she thanked Fauci. 
And wasn't for he, being a sponsor. Wasn't he in Wuhan at some point? That I don't know. He was in it. He, I think he was in there early early fall of 2019. Mm. Like just just ex- seeing what was going on, how the ex- how it was going, and everything like that. I, mm. I do believe he was there though, like for one day. So this gain of function, this let's create a deadly virus that will kill a lot of people. Research, uh, which guy loves. So th- this Batwoman, right? She listed Fauci as a sponsor in her paper after working on this kind of twisted SARS variant. And now he's doing damage control. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because he, he, he could be in a little bit of trouble. Now, he swears up and down that neither he nor the NIH gave her money. Instead, he says, well, we gave the money to EcoHealth, the middleman, uh-huh. and okay. they gave her the money, money to conduct this mad science stuff. But uh, now, who do you think the media is supporting here, Fauci or Rand Paul? Which one of these two, a scientist who's been caught lying to the American people repeatedly, talking about Fauci, or a U.S. senator? If the U.S. Senator was Kamala Harris or Elizabeth Warren, mm. they'd be on the cover of Time magazine yep. right now. That's a tight one. But because yeah. it's Rand Paul of Kentucky, <laughs> screw him. Mm-hmm. Right? <laughs> That's very That's true. That's the way it goes. Well, speaking of Anthony Fauci, the celebrity infectious disease researcher told this year's graduating class of Vanderbilt University to, quote, find joy and laughter in a harsh world. During his <laughs> virtual speech this week, the Tennessean newspaper reported that Fauci's address was filled with the realities of young adults trying to succeed in a world recovering from a pandemic. Well, his humorless speech, devoid of anything anecdotal, you know, no jokes, no stories, recognized what he called the, quote, sad truth that we are a divided nation where so many people believe in alternative facts. Mm. This is the Dr. Fauci who said last March we shouldn't be wearing masks. Masks. Yeah. Said it. It was caught on camera. And this wasn't March 2021. This was March 2020 mm-hmm. when the NBA was canceling their season and Disney World was closing and we all went, hey, this might actually be serious no stuff. March madness. Right. He said, no, nah, you shouldn't done. be wearing masks. Nah. Uh, it's on film. He was giving this alternative facts I guess we can call it, that we shouldn't wear masks. Then a few weeks later, when it was clear we would have enough masks, he flipped 180 degrees and never got called out. Mm -mm. So I have a little bit of a problem with alternative facts. Mm -hmm. You know, like Russia hacking our election, like the (laughs) P-tape. This is the same doctor who tells us to not wear masks and then requires us to wear two. Yeah. And then, hey, get a vaccination as well. So if I'm going to... Yeah, I mean, I see. If I'm going to play devil's advocate, though, all right, COVID was you know Fauci's old okay but during his time, <laughs> I'm trying to Sorry, figure out how to word good. this but COVID was kind of like some it was no one had seen anything like it and right. so I I'm trying to give Fauci a little bit of leeway because he was in a position where he had an entire nation of people looking to him for answers that he simply didn't have mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so I wonder if maybe that lent to a lot of the confusion because he simply didn't know but you can't be the head of the cdc basically yeah. and go up and say, well, i don't know with, yeah. with false information for that matter too i mean yeah. it might not be false information it just might be misinformation exactly. that him himself has has just not got uh, gained control of 100 percent. like you said this this pandemic hit us by surprise which I'm not going to go near there or there where my viewpoint on that is, but mm-hmm. basically it was a pandemic that hit us and no, no political figure, no healthcare figure could describe on, well, how do we fight it? How, how yeah. do we recover? Yeah. From it? What do we, we didn't do? Know. Right. Nobody yeah, knew. Know. So okay. yeah, it makes me, it really does kind of make me wonder. I mean, I'm not defending Fauci. I, I, I don't have a dog in the race. I'm mm-hmm. just trying to look at it from an alternative perspective Okay. and say, well, Hey, you know, maybe the guy and then if you remember there was a little bit of an issue and i'm not dogging on trump 
But there was a little bit of an issue between the two gentlemen where one was, I mean, the whole thing was, it was just a, an it S. became heavily it an politicized. Sized, yes. <laughs> yes. It did, which it really shouldn't have. It should have always been, a, it should have always been about uh, the American people the American and people. their health. Yeah. What's best for them. But uh, in related news, did you guys hear that eight members of the New York Yankees have tested positive for the coronavirus Oof. this week, even though all of the, they had all been vaccinated? Mm, wow. Yeah. So the outbreak was the first was first detected as the team was flying to Florida for a series in Tampa Bay. One of the eight positive cases the Yankees said, I'm sorry, out of seven are asymptomatic. Only one of the players has reported, quote, some symptoms. Well, maybe Boston will win the uh, series, yeah. or the, the division this year <laughs> right. now, finally. Uh, so, or maybe Baltimore. Maybe Baltimore. Oh, yeah. yeah. Some symptoms such as I had with a headache for two minutes and I felt tired right before bedtime. Uh, in any other year, I think if anyone mentioned the name, you, you know. Yeah. The name. The name. Uh, you wouldn't give these symptoms a moment's thought. I, I mean, it basically gave license to Americans to all become kind of hypochondriacs. Yep. Like my dad. When I was growing up, my dad was a hypochondriac, right? Like every headache was a brain tumor. <laughs> yes. Every cough was tuberculosis. Every cramp was a blood clot, right? Yeah. If he had heartburn, he thought he had lung cancer. <laughs> uh, so now that's what this has done to everyone. I, I had COVID. It was the mildest headache I ever had, but... Uh, I was a little sleepy, but it just, I, I hate to think that things like this get overblown. I, I, I don't, let's, let me ask you this. Is there any reason that these Yankees cannot play baseball for three hours? Not that I've heard. And I mean, it, it's like you said, if, if it was, I mean, it's flu season, right? Mm -hmm. And I've even got friends that are doctors who are saying that they've not seen, they have not treated a single flu case yeah. yet this right. year. It's, right. right. It's basically, so this had, it's the flu. gone. Yeah. yeah. If, they right. had, gone. if the Yankees had the flu, I think the coach would probably say, look, if you're, if you can walk, mm -hmm. get your butt out there and hit the ball. Yeah. yeah. The problem with that is, is also this whole guidelines thing that every professional league now has to follow because of this pandemic. Mm -hmm. It's listen, you have to do the same thing that the CDC tells the American people. If you're sick, seven days to 14 days quarantine, do not contact anyone. Don't, you know, don't leave your house, just stay in quarantine, make sure it goes away. Now, now professional teams have to do the same thing, but now they have to do the guidelines of their professional leagues. And it's like, listen, you're on you're, they now have something called the COVID list in yeah. baseball and COVID list in bat. They have these lists now. What that is you, a COVID so list? it's like, it's kind of like a compared of like, if you're on the injury list. So if you're on the injury list, your oh. day to day, or this is how many days you got to miss be, to recover from your injury. Now they're doing that with the sports where yeah. if you test positive for COVID, now you go on this COVID list until your symptoms go away after seven to 10 days. Then you can come back and get back into the, the, the swing of things with our team. <laughs> See what you did there. Yeah. The, thing, <laughs> the thing is, though, professional athletes, you know how I, I just I mentioned earlier that the police could use some good pub. Yeah. And we know that there is good stories. They just don't get publicized. Yeah. OK. Professional athletes, probably even more than cops really need good publicity right now. Oh, yeah. Now. Oh, yeah. I, I mean... Non-political non yeah. publicity. Yeah, back in my day, okay, if you were a great athlete, you were a god. Mm -hmm. If you were a great boxer, a great quarterback, uh, you know... They'd even make movies about you. They'd make movies you know? about you. It, you were forever revered no matter what. Look at Joe Namath. That yep. dude can embarrass himself 
every which way. <laughs> and it doesn't matter. He's was still drunk. Broadway was Joe. Drunk all the time on the sidelines. <laughs> yeah, and he still was. It doesn't the matter. Man. He's still. We still think of him as a great quarterback. Yes. And look at Madden with the video game success. Mike and... Ditka. Mike Ditka went on national television to tell people, "Don't be sissies. Let your doctor stick his finger in your." <laughs> <laughs> right in your cornhole get yeah get <laughs> your prostate checked that's how revered mike ditka was these guys today they're spoiled divas mm -hmm. they're babies that they take knees for the national <laughs> anthem if you tell me that has not hurt ratings in the national football league you're full of beans well, that and the focus has shifted okay when was the last time you heard um alex rodriguez great athlete right yeah uh -huh. what was the last when was the last time he was in the news for J Lo, there you go. That was the last right, time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I yeah. mean, you know, these players are sitting out games for nothing until playoff time. Like LeBron, right? Yeah. Great player, but he misses a lot of games he during does. the regular season. So if you're a little kid, you went to see LeBron. He's not even playing, but oh, playoff time! Oh, he's at 100 percent strength. You know, it, it, it's just you know they behave like jackasses a lot of times. They get in the end zone, they celebrate like they've never been there. And 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 now we got a bunch of twenty-year-old ball players with head headaches that can't play ball. I, I just this is my favorite thing about it too. I know where you're going, but but my thing is back when I think back when these athletes were young kids and college kids mm -hmm. that just went out and played the game, yeah, and just loved it for what it was before even, the money. Not even thinking about the money, they were just going. You look right. at college football athletes like like. Um, I'm sorry, Johnny Menzel. Before, yeah. like, when yeah. he was college football, he was going and right. he was playing. Then once he got a contract in the NFL, he became a big ego kid. Yeah, and it's like, dude, come on. Right. This is why I, I've always, like, I'm a huge football fan. Um, I'm not like a stats person or anything like that, but I enjoy the game. And this is why I've always loved college football way right. more than the NFL because they have passion. They love mm -hmm. the game. Yeah. They're there to play. And yep. I realize that, yeah, you're right. A lot of them are playing because they want that big money contract. Mm -hmm. But the majority of them don't see that. They don't right. see the NFL. Yeah. Right. So it's it's just simply for the love of the sport. And that's, I think, what we really need to get back to. Forget their love lives. Forget their political opinions. They get paid to play a freaking sport. sport. Do yep. your job. That's right. That's it. You know. Well, speaking of Hollywood... With just two weeks to go before A Quiet Place 2 gets its national release, Hollywood has started the Back to Cinema's drum roll. As mask mandates across the country are lifted, movie theaters look forward to potential blockbusters like F9, which is the latest Fast and Furious film, hitting the big screen, along with Dune, Marvel's Black Widow, Disney's Jungle Cruise movie, and, speaking of Cruise, Tom Cruise returning as Maverick in Top Gun 2. Yeah. While a lot of films are simultaneously streaming on various outlets, the movie industry is anxious to get theaters back in business. I'm looking forward to the new Batman movie with Robert Pattinson. Yes. That's one I will see really? opening night. Yes. Yeah. Robert Pattinson. Yeah. Isn't he the, the, the sparkly guy? The, the Twilight the guy. The Twilight guy. Yeah. yeah, but he's actually done a lot of like little indie stuff. He's actually a pretty good actor. Yeah, he's he's really a better good. actor than what he gets credit for. And I mean... See, here's the thing. I'm a huge fan of seeing movies in the theater. Mm -hmm. I see as many even old movies as new movies in the theater. In fact, I think this weekend they re-released the original Mission Impossible, Impossible. film, and yeah. I thought about going to see it. So, you know, I just I love movies. The greatest memories I have of seeing a film <laughs> in a theater. Uh, I got to tell you this one. My okay. mind went so when you said the greatest memories I have in a movie theater. <laughs> Actually, you know what? Let me let me tell you this All right. one. Okay, I can't wait. I can't All wait right. for this. All right. My mom and I went and saw. Raiders of the Lost Ark. This is 1981. Wow. Okay. Yeah. 
We had a church fair. It was rained out. Everybody was really bummed out. Uh, my mom said, hey, let's go see that new Harrison Ford movie. Mm-hmm. We went and saw that movie, and it was so awesome. <laughs> when we got home, we told my dad, you got to see this movie. And it's raining. He's like, well, let's go see it right now. Oh, my gosh. We saw it twice in the same day. Fantastic. Yeah, that's how much you know, like I grew up loving movies. Yeah. Um, so, and I've shared many, many movies on the big screen with my kids. You know, yeah. I'll say, hey, down at the Belcourt Nashville, they're playing Jaws. We got to go see Jaws on yeah. the big screen, you know, because they've That would be cool. Yeah. That really would. So, I am also very anxious to see movie theaters come back. I'm, I'm, I'm actually happy. I actually got to go to Regal when they, uh, when Mortal Kombat came out and everything mm-hmm. like that. So I got to see it on the big oh, screen so for like the first, for, for the, like the first time in a while. Yeah. And those were some of my fondest memories was going to the theaters with friends and family to see box, uh, huge box office movies that are coming out, sequels, mm-hmm. remakes, all this stuff. Like I think my favorite uh, thing that we did was when uh, my, my favorite story is when they did all the Marvel movies. They did a marathon yeah. when the new Avengers movie came out. They did yeah, all like the over original, the whole weekend, over right? the whole weekend. Yeah. And I went and I watched all of them wow. at the theater. And I'm like, I went by myself because yeah. all you know my my family didn't want to go, but all my friends are busy. So I was like, I don't mind going by myself either. Yeah, it, I know it's fun to go with people, but I love going by myself. I prefer to I go can by get myself. invested in the movie exactly. without someone asking me why are they doing this. Why stop asking me questions? Just watch the movie. And you yeah. got to go during the matinee times because <laughs> yes. I, I'm unlike the two of you, where I did not grow up really much going to the theater. Um, once I became a teenager and could drive, yet me and my friends, you know, I have some fun memories of all of us going. Um, and so I, I never really built that love for it. And I just get irritated because it seems like no matter what, I can I can go at two o'clock on a Wednesday afternoon, right? And there's three people in the theater and one of them is sitting in front of me and reeks of perfume. The other is sitting behind me with a child who's kicking my seat every 30 <laughs> seconds. Yeah. And the other is sitting two seats over from me with the, the, the food sounds and the... You just, right. ugh, it's, yeah. it's, it's it's distracting. They're not, res- they're not yeah. respecting the rules of the theater. That bothers me too. Uh, there's like 80 seats though. Yeah, there's like 80 right seats. I'm sitting in there. the middle. Like you said, sometimes I'll go by myself because nobody else wants to see yeah. this film. And yeah, somebody will walk in and they'll get right in the seat directly behind me. I'm yes. thinking, yes. dude, you got You're the whole like theater creepy. wide open. Theater. Why do you guys sit behind me? There's some comedian that made that joke. He goes, if there's me and one other person in that theater, I'll just be funny and just sit right next to that person oh. and just creep them out. I'm like, why would you do that? It's funny, but don't do that. Like, no. there's only two of you. Well, like, people ask me, why do you go see movies that you own on Blu-ray? <laughs> well, and it's I'm a different like, vibe. It's totally different, yep. especially when you see a movie with an audience. And I have to say... When we first came down here, we saw Gone with the Wind oh in Nashville gosh. on the wow. big screen with a sold-out crowd. And seeing that movie with an audience, with the audience laughing at all Scarlet's lines or whistling when Rhett Butler, totally different experience yeah. <laughs> seeing that with a crowd. So You know which one I saw in a packed, jam-packed theater on opening day um, was the movie Marley and Me. Oh, the do- it's about a dog. The dog yeah. movie. I and never I, saw it. Yeah, I went with my... Well, I had already read the book, and I it made me just... It made me bawl my eyes out. Mm. It's, it's such a tearjerker. My, mine was but, Deadpool. Uh, we went to see Marley and Me, and so, you know, it's it's Christmas Day. It came out on Christmas Day. Families, I'm there with my stepdad, and so not, not a seat left. We had the crappiest seats, but at the sad part... I mean, like you said, everyone's laughing, and, yeah. and but then here comes the sad part, right? 
and all of a sudden, it's like the whole theater is sobbing. <laughs> like there's these burly biker dudes in the back, like man. And it was, it was, yeah, it was, it was hilarious. Mine, mine was Deadpool was the one when it opened, and it was a crowded theater. And it was, if anybody has seen the movie, it I was the scene. It. It, it was the scene. I don't know if you've seen it, Dennis, but the the scene where he's cutting his hand out of the cuff. And he looks at and he looks at he well. looks at Colossus and he goes, "Are you there, God? It's me, Margaret." <laughs> and only me and two other people are laughing in the theater. I immediately because get that. Because my, yeah. my girlfriend at the time looks at me and she goes, why, "Why was that funny?" I go, "Do you not know the book? Are you there, God? It's me, Judy Margaret, Bloom. and what it's about." It's oh my God, it is so funny. <laughs> so yeah. All right. Well, Jen, is that's all for headlines? That's all we got for this okay. week. Yeah. Well. Uh, you're probably wondering if we were going to talk about the recent developments in Israel and Palestine. Ooh. And uh, for those of you who don't know, it looks like there is fighting going on again. Mm. So, Jen, do you know everything, all the details of this conflict? Or no? I'm not even going to try to lie. Until I walked into the studio this evening, I, had abs- I hadn't even okay. heard anything. It's embarrassing, honestly. Well, it all began with the establishment of the state of Israel in 1948. So this is post-World War II. There was a civil war between the Israeli Jews Mm -hmm. and the Palestinian Arabs, many Muslim. And international law, which was through the British mandate that came out of the war, dictated that a certain geographical part of the country, such as the West Bank and the Gaza Strip, you've probably heard of those, belongs to Palestine. Okay. And Palestine being non-Jewish Israel. And, of course, the side with the more power, thanks to buying U.S. weapons, and thanks to us giving them $38 billion a year in aid, is, of course, Israel. Now, Israel has not really exported anything to us other than Gal Gadot. Mm. Well, they <laughs> Pretty one much. That's basically that's their major got. export. It took me and I was like, what's a Gal Gadot? <laughs> but they buy our guns, our rockets, our planes. They sell us really nothing. So we love them. And they're a partner against other Muslim countries like Iran. So we need this partnership and we bend over backwards to have these friends in the Middle East. Mm -hmm. The problem is that whenever there's a conflict like this, whenever Israel decides that Palestinians are getting too many of what they call settlements Mm -hmm. along the Gaza Strip, whenever the Palestinians are exceeding their rightful bounds, I guess, Israel bombs them back two miles farther Mm -hmm. and occupies them. So the response always seems to me worse than the original sin. Okay. So like this week, 20 civilians, including six kids, were, were killed oh my through return fire. Uh, so what's happening is what many are calling, and that's why I'm bringing it up, many are now calling this, and it's creating a huge rift in Congress. They're calling it an apartheid state where Ooh. Palestinians are second-class citizens mm. and, or not citizens at all. And when you do that, you create what was happening in South Africa between colonial landowners and blacks. Of course, yeah. So the way that that was ended was through the work of freedom fighters like Mandela, Mm -hmm. but also through other nations boycotting South Africa, divesting from their businesses, and sanctioning them until they stopped this practice. And what a horrible, horrible, horrible time frame for the people of South Africa. Yeah. Yeah. And it was called BDS, and it worked. So now you may hear the term BDS in regards to Israel, and that is a movement to boycott, divest, and sanction the Israeli occupation of Palestine by attempting to put some economic and political pressure on them, mm-hmm. which is tough when every administration, without fail, gives them billions of dollars every year in aid. That's a fact. It's $38 billion this year and sells them missiles. It's pretty tough to overcome that advantage yeah. that Israel has over the Palestinians. But anyway, it's something that we're going to watch closely here at Headlines with Denny the Bull. And... Uh, 
I just thought we, we I, I didn't want anybody to say, oh, it's headlines of Denny the Bull, but y'all <laughs> didn't talk about that, did you? Yeah, well, it's kind of hard. I mean, I, you know, it's everything happens so quickly. And, mm-hmm. and when you've got stories like this that, that we don't really know a lot about, mm-hmm. and I, I, I think I agree. I think it's good to, to sort of mention it and say, hey, guys, we're, you know, listeners, we're on it. Mm-hmm. We're going to keep up with it and and we'll we'll definitely I mean, make sure we talk yeah, about it's it most next like, sunday like news that you yeah. want to do if yeah. it's developing the, the thing like you said but it's it, it's been that way since 48 and even though it's gone on and off every now and then it's just re-beginning but it's still developing and it's something that we need to talk about because it does affect us here uh, here in this country as well oh, sure. of what's going on over there because um i mean like you said that that the government has has provided aid to them yeah. and everything so Probably a bigger story is that recently we had a couple politicians uh, who were recognized from Best of Clarksville as uh-huh. being the best politicians in town. Really? And I want to call them out here because we like to cover local news, mm-hmm. and that is Commissioner Josh Beal was okay. recognized. And I'm going to tell you, Josh Beal, this guy is a social media titan. I mean, he every meeting yeah. he's like, hey, I'm here. This is what we're talking about. Are you going to go? Well, him, him and uh, Jason D. Knight nice. actually yeah. were the ones originally uh, when they were campaigning mm-hmm. that started with the Facebook Live yep. um, yeah. sort of community forums yes. to where people could ask questions and right. and whatnot. So, so that's Josh, good. yeah, he, he won. Uh, kudos. I agree with it. Uh, Well-deserved. Trisha Butler, whom I supported for her mm-hmm. city council seat. She was number two, I believe, and Very I think good. Mayor Pitts was Pitts was, three, was number think, three. Yeah. So, uh, congratulations to them. I think in all three of it, well deserved. When you talked about Jason Hodges, our yes. representative, along with State Senator Bill Powers, who are pushing the open container, the open container bill, container mm-hmm. in Clarksville. Yeah, I just want to tell you a quick story about Jason Hodges. Okay. Yeah. Been on the I've been on the Padula show with him, and he's a really nice guy. He really is. A nice when guy. I ran my campaign in 2018 and I got smoked, yeah. which I knew I was going to get smoked yeah. like four months before I knew the polling, I was going to get smoked. <laughs> two but to you one. still did it. So but I still know, fought hey. till the end. Right. There you go. Election night was tough. That was tough because, oh, my yeah. God, it was literally hundreds and hundreds of hours. I spent about twenty four grand on oh, yeah. that. I was, at, I was at Republican HQ uh, on the night campaign. Yeah, uh, that evening. And it was it was tense. It was sure. heartbreaking <laughs> to get crushed as yeah. badly as I thought I was going to. And the one person who called me to say, hey, man, you ran a great campaign. Keep your chin up was Jason Hodges. I guess yeah. he's, 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 I don't know him that well. I've just yeah. only been on the, the Joe Padula show so, with him once or twice, yep. but he's a very nice man. So I just want to remind everybody that we live in a society where the right believes that abortion is murder and guns are freedom. And the left believes that guns are murder and abortion is freedom. I believe that we may never agree on those two issues, but I think we can agree on the other 98% of issues. Let's agree that Ewan McGregor makes a pretty darn awesome Obi-Wan Kenobi. Well, hello there. If you know who that is. <laughs> Let's agree that we really don't need the Golden Globes anymore. Nah. Let's agree that any Yankees sitting out for headaches are not going to replace Derek Jeter or Reggie Jackson in the Hall of Fame anytime soon. No and they're way. not getting an endorsement from BC Powder. No. Let's agree we're all glad to finally take these damn chin diapers off. And let's agree <gasps> whoop, whoop. that we all miss movie theater popcorn. Yes. There's and no, I've got there's nothing like it. Three point something shares of AMC stock. So y'all get your butts back in that theater and make me rich. So let's agree on all these things and we'll disagree on those other couple. Again, please like, share, and subscribe. Comment your comment in the comments. And for Adam, for Jen, I want to thank you all for watching Headlines 
with Denny the Bull. See you next week. Woo.